Good morning and happy Wednesday, April 12th, 2023. We are starting out in the middle of Psalm 44, continues from the point of despair from before. The people have not forgotten God, even though it seems like God has forgotten the people. The psalmist em emphasized, quote, why do you look the other way, end quote, talking about God. But the point here is that even in our despair, first of all, we always have to have faith that God never looks away. God is always there. We may not see what he is doing, but he is doing so long as we continue to look for to him and look for him and include him in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls, in our prayers, in our actions, in everything we do. But you know, faith would be very easy if everything's handed to you. If everything's told, if everything is explained, then faith is easy. Except for that it's not faith. It's proof. God doesn't ask us to follow proof. God asks us to follow in faith. That's the distinction. And that's where a lot of people tragically fail. And you can only start with faith. You cannot start on a grain of proof. You have to start on a grain of faith. You have to make that, they call it a leap of faith, because there's nothing supporting that when you leap, except for your decision to believe. If you don't believe in God to begin with, the Bible makes no sense whatsoever. There's nothing in the Bible, if you read it from the perspective that you are looking for proof of a God, then nothing's going to happen, my opinion. And yet, that's the reason why a lot of people give for not being faithful. But once you're faithful, once you open that up in your heart and you read with an open heart, suddenly and also over time, more and more begins to make sense. More and more your faith grows, and it gives you the impetus to grow your faith internally as well and to open your heart more. That's what makes this such a wonderful gift, the Bible, that God has given us. We go over to Luke 14. We're in the middle of Luke 14 at verse 15 now. Jesus presents a parable where a man presented a great feast. He's got a lot of people there, or he wants to have a lot of people there. He's invited a lot of people, but people start to have excuses. It's like, oh, I can't do that. I got to mow the lawn. I got to tie my shoelace. I got to pick up the kids. I got, you know, soccer practice, all that stuff. And 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 he's like, you're all the folks that said that when I was going to have the feast that you would definitely come. But then when it, when it actually happens, suddenly other things take priority. And this angered the host. So the man invited those who truly wanted to participate, said, said to his servants, go out, go out into the street, go out to the poor, go out this and say, hey, you know, would, would you be interested in, in coming over? And it's like, yeah, yeah, definitely. No, that sounds like a great time. It's like, would love to feast. Thank you. I feel, I feel so honored that you're including me, this lowly person, this homeless person, this, this person, this, that person, whatever, into your grand feast. That's wonderful. And then the others who didn't show desire, when they finally thought and saw that, like, oh, wow, this is a good thing that's going on. I want to go. Guess what? Sorry. Um, we're full. 
We're all full. We don't have enough food for you all. You, you made your decision. You're done. This, this was all in response to one of the Pharisees at the di dining saying how great it must be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. So just think about this. It's like you're invited, but it's got to be your top priority. It's my take. Jesus then instructs a large crowd following him. I guess now he's left the Pharisees' dinner. Maybe he's upset them enough. Doesn't say whether or not he actually ate dinner or not. Those are those little things that I like wonder. It's like, okay, well, he did, did, he, did he get a chance to finish his meal or is he leaving in hunger? Well, he leaves the dinner and he says to the crowd that if you want to follow him, you must comparatively, that's my word, but this is what he's really getting at, hate everyone else, including family and your own life. Now, this is about putting God first, always. Again, what we were just talking about with the priorities of the banquet guests. Not literally saying you have to hate others. But you would be wise to consider the cost of following, because otherwise you might start and not continue. You know, I kind of like, you, you, you got to make sure that like when you're building a house that you have the funds secured before you start pouring the foundation. Otherwise, you'll end up with like a half-built house. How many times have we seen half-built Christians? Those that start out so into it, so pious, so so like, oh, excited about the faith. And they go and hands up, praising, smiling, this and that. But being a Christian is hard. It requires effort every single minute of every day. And then sometimes when the excitement wears off and the work comes in to replace that, they didn't realize how much they would have to work to actually be. Uh, I didn't want to. I don't want to say successful Christian, but the the person that God is commanding us to be. It's a long journey that requires a firm foundation of faith. I can say this from my from my experience. I have certainly been one of those in various ways, shapes, or forms, getting excited before, I, and then kind of falling away for whatever reason. Sometimes I'll make excuses. It's like, well, I don't understand why they're saying this, or this isn't perfect, or, or so on. But we're not to become flavorless salt. That's how our reading ends in the New Testament today. And then we go over to Deuteronomy. So just... <laughs> Two verses, I don't know why they didn't put this at the end of last uh, yesterday's reading. Never set up idols to false gods. That's pretty much the gist of those of 21 through 22. So Deuteronomy 17, anyone who worships other gods, after thorough investigation, they stone them at the gate. So maybe maybe that's sort of supposed to be a transition there where maybe, maybe it would have made more sense for the end of Deuteronomy 16 to be the beginning of Deuteronomy 17. It's just about the whole false gods deal. There must always be two or three witnesses, and they must cast the first stone if you're going to stone someone who's worshiping false gods. Now, this concept about two or three witnesses will come up again, that um, you can't convict someone on one witness alone. But we'll get to that in just a little bit as... Right now, the Israelites are, are learning more about how to govern 
themselves. But this is a great idea to deal with, help deal with false accusers. And too many times today, people accuse others falsely and face no consequence in, internally. At least here, if they are going to be asked to participate in extreme punishment, there may be a kind of a little pre-guilt. Well, I don't think I want to accuse this person of this heinous crime because then I'm going to have to be one of the ones that delivers the punishment. There's that skin in the game type thing again. If cases are too hard to decide, such as murder versus manslaughter, which here I take to be murder versus killing, take to God through the Levitical priests. We'll talk about that a little bit more shortly as well. The verdict, though, that they have must be followed exactly. Don't add or subtract to it. Rejecting this results in penalty of death. This also is for deterrence. And you see a lot of, as, as the Israelites are learning more about governance, you're seeing a lot of what seem like harsh laws, but they're there for deterrence and to, as it's paraphrasing, but to purge the evil. If you had folks that, that face repercussions for what they do, then they may be less apt to do it. More on that coming up as well. Now, here's an interesting thing, almost like, I guess, in literature, this might be called foreshadowing, because this is the first time we've heard something about a king that I can remember. If the people opt for a king after settling in the land, it must be a fellow Israelite that the Lord has chosen. The king must not take many wives, for they will turn him away from the Lord. Additionally, must not accumulate large wealth for himself. Kind of, when I was reading this, I'm like, as wise as he was, Solomon failed miserably here. The king must remind himself daily of these instructions and decrees. It will reduce the chance of toxic pride. And then on to Deuteronomy 18, instructions for the gifts for the priests and the Levites as they have, as they love they have no allotment, rather, of land and can only eat from the gifts that are given. The Lord is their possession. The people are called to a holy living and never adopt the detestable practices from the people there. The Lord is driving them out, the, the, the folks with the detestable practices, because of that. Also, don't listen to false prophets. Be careful to discern them from true prophets. The prediction of false prophets will not come true. That's how you can tell that they're false prophets. Now, this isn't a direct relationship between scientists and politicians. I know that they're not prophets, at least I don't think so. But one thing that came to mind are these climate change predictions, where it's, it's more about predicting not based on science. If you look at science and history, there really hasn't been much movement one way or the other. There are cyclical changes, but it's been overly pushed, in my opinion, for purposes other than science. In fact, I think I read somewhere that actually there's been no warming, but rather some cooling since 2015 globally. And I'm old enough to remember in the 1970s, the big gloom and doom thing that was being pushed back then was a very quickly impending ice age. I remember Leonard Nimoy on In Search Of, uh, in episode talking about that. Spock was not a prophet. 
False prophets indeed. Anyway, that's it for today. I hope you have a wonderful day and live today as if the king is coming back today. Thank you.